Welcome to a new episode of Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid Ahmed. In this episode, I want to go over some of the things that I've been working on. The weekend was a blast. Spent it, spent every minute with the family and relatives. It was quite eventful. And here we are, Monday. Exciting Monday. Now, one thing that sucks about today, besides it being a Monday, I actually don't think Mondays are bad at all. I think Mondays are awesome because you get to start a brand new week. Everything is brand spanking new, right? But the thing that sucks with today's commute is that there is an additional um, 40-minute delay for my commute. Yeah, I said it. I've got a new commute now. And because there is some construction happening on some freeways, I'm going to be taking the next 58 minutes going through random roads. And as fun as it is, it's also boring. So, um, I combat boringness with just talking to myself. Now, a really good friend of mine agreed that he's going to help me make my podcasts a little more structured because... So far, I have been off script this whole time. (laughs) Uh, Off script, um, you know, even the interviews I do, there's only one common question that I like to bring up. But I think I will need to bring up a little more commonality. So there is a pattern and I have a good set of questions. And one awesome dude that does that is Tyler Wagner. I managed to do an interview with him for Hacks and Hobbies. Uh, I did an interview for him on his Business Blast podcast. Now what's so cool is that he got to interview Gary Vaynerchuk. (laughs) Like, whoa dude, way to go. And uh, recently he posted a video on Facebook and I believe on LinkedIn as well. That interview was pretty awesome. I mean, um, it's one degree of connection who knows or has met Gary Vaynerchuk. Actually, what am I saying? My good, good friend Errol Erdeman also got to meet Gary Vaynerchuk. And he explains his um, experience in his post but I am not liking where this route is taking me. It is a little disheartening because I spent all this time going through these back roads and now I'm introduced to some more back roads. Sorry guys, I'm just going to have to keep it raw and um, real over here on this podcast. Now my good friend David Calvert has been doing a daily podcast and I got those... I get those um, invitations. I get those notifications on a daily basis. New episode for David Calvert. And I just keep kicking myself. Like, why am I not doing daily podcast episodes? And it's understandable why I'm not able to do that. 
right? Um, so yeah, I have a, you know everyone has different um, growing experiences, and I'm okay with that, right? I am totally fine with being able to to publish my episodes when I have the time versus um, abandoning my other responsibilities. This is one of those, uh, this is another one of those raw updates. But I want to get to the point and talk about um, some of the cool stuff that I learned about over the weekend. So apparently, Apple dropped a brand new update to Final Cut Pro. And this brand new update was dropped on the 15th of November. And I'm finding out like three days, four days after after the fact um, and that's again because I'm not at a computer 24 hours a day as much as I would like to. This new update that Apple dropped, and I think it has to do with the fact that the new MacBook Pro, the 2018 MacBook Pro, now has the ability to configure with the Vega uh, 20 and Vega 16 GPUs. But I think the update to Final Cut Pro has to coincide with these things. Because not only was Final Cut Pro updated, compressor and motion were also updated, the Pro applications, as well as a software update to support newer video formats. So pretty excited about this. So what what's so special about this new update? Well, it is much faster. It's got built-in workflow uh, components which enable Final Cut Pro to connect with other web-based applications like Frame.io, Cat TV, uh, Shutterstock Photo, and many others. So these three are available right away. And uh, there are there will be more application components coming to work with Final Cut Pro. This increases the speed of your workflow and how fast you are able to bring in assets to your timeline and have better um, stuff around it. So that is pretty exciting. Now, I can't say that I didn't know about this. I th- I just didn't pay attention much uh, when I saw the email from Frame.io and they mentioned that Frame.io now works inside of Final Cut Pro. And I was like, dude, this is so cool. And I actually share it with a friend of mine. But I never heard back. So I'm pretty excited. Um, so the one thing so the one thing that's making my gears turn is Cat DV. Now this is an application I had never heard of before. But when I looked into the little explanation by Cinema5D.com's article and looking into cat tv looks like it's a catalog a digital video catalog uh, that can do asset management for your movie files and and images and jpegs and whatnot and i was like wait wait what does it do and then what was interesting is what how i um when i visited cat tv they said they also have ai to help look at your video files and sort out the scenes I'm like, wait, what? Because the reason I say that is because 
I have probably two terabytes of raw footage that I've shot over the years. And the resolution, I think they're all 1080p and above, maybe 720p and above. I can't say because I've been just collecting and this media has been moving from one computer to another computer and finally found its home on a on my backup server but I'm thinking that if this application has AI and it can automatically catalog footage wouldn't it be great if I throw all those video folders at it and it goes through these videos files that I've shot and create a database for me so I can say oh give me all driving scenes boom give me all the scenes with one person in the shot boom give me all the scenes with multiple people in the shot give me all the scenes you see you see where I'm going from there from here it can technically speed up my workflow and and help me find the footage that's been sitting there and I would have to, you know, manually go in there and look for it. So this is pretty exciting. I mean, um, hmm, it's quite exciting. Now, the gentleman who wrote the article that I write on Cinema 5D, I thanked him on Twitter and he's like, yeah, I haven't tried it myself either, but it does require a license. Hmm. So like, what does that mean? So I got to look at the pricing model and, um, if I wanted to run it on the server and access it for my client machine, what does that look like? What would it cost? But first, I got to trial it, do a trial run, and see if it will do all of the things that I'm thinking in my head. So that's pretty exciting. That's something I learned. I read about all on it yesterday. But there's still more research needs to be done on how the software works and if it's going to do what I want to do wanted to do so yeah that's pretty exciting the other thing that I've started to do or in the back of my head is to uh, start looking up some stock imagery that I can then use to promote hacks and hobbies and one of the past episodes that I did was on the FreeNAS network attached storage system so went went around looking for an image, and of course, when you go looking for a free NAS image, what will you find? You'll find other people building these massive servers, anywhere from 10 terabytes to you know hundreds of terabytes of storage, and you'd think to yourself, man, that is sweet. There's this one server <laughs> that I saw that has 43 terabytes and he's running all four terabyte hard drives. Now you might think, why would you run four terabyte hard drives? They have eight terabyte drives, even 10 terabyte drives. Well, my friend, one of the reasons you want to use a smaller drive is so uh, the resilvering time is short and these smaller drives are much cheaper to replace as well. Because anytime you're resilvering, now what is a resilvering process? You might wonder. The resilvering is when um, one of the drive dies and the other drives have enough data to rebuild that died drive. So you can replace that dead drive with a new drive and the software, the file system brings together all the stuff 
and welcomes this new disc to the family essentially and updates it okay this is our family history blah 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 so that's what resilvering is and if it's a large drive you're then grabbing that data from those other larger drives onto this new drive and it can uh, sometimes uh, put a lot of burden on the other drives and i have heard about stories where somebody's trying to resilver one drive and another one fails because of the load and the age of these drives so makes sense that he's using four terabyte drives and i think he had probably 18 four terabyte drives running on a single lsi board that can support up to 16 drives so yeah that's that's pretty neat i mean my machine can handle 16 drives right now but i can only put in eight drives so that the case that he's this guy's using is obviously has higher capacity to store the drives and whatnot and although i did upgrade to running multiple six terabyte drives as opposed to the three terabytes is because I needed more storage. But the route these guys are going, you know, they're more experienced and they know what's up. So now that we're a little learned, maybe the next machine will have um, smaller drives because you can pick up a four terabyte drive for under $100. Um, yeah. So those are some of the new things that I learned and just wanted to, you know, drop it to you guys what else what else what else um yeah that's all i've got i'm going to be hopefully publishing one of the interviews in uh either later either tomorrow i'll i'll have it edited tonight and i'll publish it tomorrow maybe i'll edit a couple of them tonight and so i can publish them consecutively or you know day after day Plus, the big, big holiday, Thanksgiving, is this week. So, pretty exciting times. Now, there's nothing I can do uh, to speed up this traffic. But again, thank you guys for listening. You know, one thing I have not asked, and I have no idea how many people are listening to my podcast. And I don't even know how many people make it to the end of the episode um, although we're sitting at, I'm sitting at 3,400 listens for the past eight months and with about 62 listeners per episode. So, uh, I would like to request that please, um, go put a review in on Apple podcasts. Um, you can find us hacks and hobby with the ampersand hacks and hobbies. And I would love a review from you. If you think this podcast can do better, please leave a review. If you think this podcast totally sucks, please leave a review. If you think the information that I'm providing you uh, helps, is helping, please leave a review. I just want some kind of feedback so I know that uh, the direction this podcast is going is the right direction or if it needs if it needs to change right just let me know because if i don't hear from you guys then um there's no way to you know iterate and fix that again thank you so much for your time 
Um, you can find the podcast on all the awesome platforms. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. And I'm working on getting it on iHeartRadio. All right. That's it for today. Thank you so much. Hopefully uh, you'll hear one of the interviews tomorrow. Talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.